You're listening to the J. John Podcast, a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to give you confidence in your faith and boldness to share it with others. Today, I would like to look at the problem of suffering. There is one barrier to belief in God which confuses more people than any other and it is simply this. If God exists, why is there so much suffering in the world today? After all, if God is all-knowing, if he is all-loving and if he is all-powerful, why doesn't he do something? Perhaps God is all-powerful and not all-loving, or he is all-loving, but he doesn't have the power to intervene in our world today. I like what St. Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But if God could intervene and put an end to all the suffering, why does he allow it to exist? The Bible teaches that suffering exists because of the sin of humanity. There was an interesting discussion taking place in the Times newspaper in England and the topic was what's wrong with the world and G.K. Chesterton wrote a letter to the Times in response to that question and he said this, Dear Sirs, you ask what is wrong with humanity? I am yours sincerely, G.K. Chesterton. He hit the nail on the head. You see, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. The origin of suffering goes back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Because God is love, he made people with free will, free choice. And when people choose to turn their backs on God, the whole of creation was dislocated, as well as their own relationship with God. The door had been opened for sin and suffering to enter our world, and that sadly is the tragedy of our independence. We can't ignore the maker's instructions without something going wrong. Now God, he could have made us without any freedom of choice, no free will, but then we would have been like robots, like machines, and he didn't want that. One of the most beautiful two-word phrases in the Bible are these two words, 
But God. But God. Yes, but God decided to enter our world to redeem it and rescue us. And God showed his love and God showed his grace. Grace means the undeserved favour of God expressed to people like you and me. God's answer and action in response to the problem of suffering came in Jesus. When the invisible God became visible in Jesus, the intangible God became tangible in Jesus, the unknowable God became knowable in Jesus. And on the cross, we see the justice of God because God must punish sin. And instead of you and I being nailed to the cross, Jesus was nailed in our place. And we read in 1 John 3 verse 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. God created people for life. But because of sin, death entered in our world. And when we choose Jesus and we are forgiven, we receive eternal life once again. During the late 19th century in America, the black slaves many of whom had a very deep and profound faith in Jesus, would sing this song, Swing low, sweet chariot, coming to carry me home. This was a plea to God to send his heavenly chariots down and gather these suffering people up into heaven. They faced terrible, unjust suffering. And yet, because of their focus on their eternity with God, they were able to hold on to their faith and find peace in their circumstances. In the Bible, we read that God's wisdom and ways of working are infinitely greater than our own. And we read this in Isaiah 55, verse 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. In the Bible, we read about a man called Job who experienced an enormous amount of unexplained suffering. And God took him aside and he basically said to him, Job, were you there at the beginning when I created the world? Can you see the way I see things? Can you see the future? No, you can't. 
Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And so it is with us. Why do we face adversity? The story of Jesus calming the storm has been one story that I've been reflecting on quite a bit these last couple of months. When Jesus has been teaching and he says to his disciples, let's get in the boat and row to the other side. He was so tired that he fell asleep. And as they're rowing to the other side, this great storm comes. And even though many of his disciples were fishermen who were used to storms and rough waters, there was something extraordinary about this and they were fearing for their lives. But they woke up Jesus and Jesus stood up and he spoke to the storm and he calmed the storm and they were completely amazed. And you can read that in Mark's gospel and in Luke's gospel. And they said, who is this Jesus who can calm the storms? We all face storms. The encouragement I get from that story is, is that the disciples were only doing what Jesus asked them to do, get in the boat, row to the other side. But they still faced storms. We're not immune to storms, but let's make sure Jesus is always in the boat with us. And when we're scared, wake up, Jesus. Call on Jesus to intervene. I find huge encouragement in that. The cost of discipleship. Jesus continually warned those that he met that to follow him meant that they would face suffering. And when Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch in Acts 14 verse 21, they encouraged the new believers and the new disciples and reminded them we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. In his inaugural address in Washington, D.C., on the 20th of January, 1961, John F. Kennedy said these words, let every nation know whether it wishes us well or ill that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Are we Christians willing to pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the coming 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the promises of God to rely on and we have his presence and his power at work in our lives and that is more than enough to meet any challenges. Let's be people of faith who joyfully push on in the face of trials and hardships. As St. Paul said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4 verse 12 and 13. So how should we respond to adverse, adversity and suffering? Let me suggest a number of principles. Principle one, recall what Christ went through on the cross because this can bring great comfort. Hebrews 2 verse 18 reminds us since he has gone through suffering, Jesus, and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Two, pray for God to intervene. Did you know that God tells us in the Bible not to be afraid 366 times? That's one for every day of the year and one when there's a leap year. Three, if you are suffering physically or you know someone who is suffering, you can ask for healing. Let's ask for healing. Let's knock on the door of heaven for healing. Fourthly, don't be surprised. In 1 Peter 4 verse 12 we read, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So many encouraging scriptures to inspire us. Be courageous. It was not until I saw the movie World Trade Center that I realized how brave the rescuers were in the days following 9-11. Those rescue teams had to climb down into the chasms formed by the broken concrete and steel to save the people that were trapped. And at any moment, 
the massive wreckage above them could shift, fall down, trap everybody and kill everybody. And yet they did their duty. The American nation was right to honor them for their courage. Let's be courageous. Remember that God knows your limits. And I find this hugely encouraging. The Apostle Paul wrote about his friend, Epaphroditus, and he wrote this, indeed, Epaphroditus was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow. Do you know, I only saw that scripture quite recently and began to understand it, that God knows how much sorrow we can bear. God knows our limits and he will protect us. Don't give up what you are doing for God. In 1 Peter 4 verse 19 we read, so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you never fail you. Remember that God will protect you. David wrote, who will protect me from the wicked? Who will stand up for me against evil doers? Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. I cried out, I'm slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Psalm 94 verses 16 to 19. Remember that God will protect. Rejoice, rejoice. We read in Romans 5 verse 3, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develop strength of character and character strengthen our confident hope of salvation. We can rejoice. And last but not least, hope 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 romans 8:23 and we believers also groan even though we have the holy spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory for we long to be released from sin and suffering we too wait with eager hope 
eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Be encouraged. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Believe and trust that somehow our God can work all things for good. That doesn't mean all things are good. Of course they're not good, but he can somehow weave it and work it for good. There are some plants that produce a beautiful fragrance, but they only produce a beautiful fragrance when they're crushed. And God is producing a beautiful fragrance through us. So if you're going through trials, difficulties, pain and suffering, fix your eyes on Jesus, lean on him, don't lean on your own understanding, knock on the door of heaven, pray for healing, pray for his power, pray for his presence, pray for his peace, pray for his protection, pray in the name of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, Cling on to Jesus, cling on to hope. Lord, I pray for all my brothers and I pray for all my sisters who at this time might be encountering difficulties, obstacles, pain or suffering. And I pray, Lord God, that you will give them grace. Every single one of them, give them grace for those that have lost, Lord, may your Holy Spirit comfort. If they've lost a loved one, be a comforter to them today. Lord, if they're suffering with ill health, we pray for your healing power. We pray for your healing presence. We pray your healing balm to saturate them and bring healing. Lord, for any that are being oppressed in any other way by the name of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, protect them, deliver them from any kind of evil oppression. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. For any that need your bountiful provision at this time, we pray Jehovah Jireh, our provider, please provide what is needed for a time such as this. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't know this Jesus that we've been talking about, why don't you open your heart to him today? Open the door of your life and invite Jesus in. Pray this prayer. Jesus, I would like to know you. 
I know I have done many things wrong. Come into my life now. Cleanse my life. Fill me with your holy presence. Fill me with your peace. Help me to build my life on you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Lord, I pray for anyone who's prayed that prayer today, that they would know the reality of your peace and your presence. Help them as they build their lives on you. In Jesus' name, amen. I do hope that today you have found encouragement in this teaching. I hope it's inspired you. I hope it has encouraged you. Please visit our website, canonjjohn.com. Many resources there to help you in your journey of faith. Please follow me on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm Canon J. John. Send me a note and tell me where you're listening from, where you've tuned in from. I pray God's blessing upon you all, the blessing of God the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Be blessed and be a blessing to others. Amen. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media.